moved her cheese. Hopefully we won't get iced out on May 6th. Most recently, we celebrate a great day in history, the resurrection of our Lord. We celebrate that all year long. Greatest day in history has it been and you have rescued me.
Amen. Thank you for being flexible. It's my goal to keep Charlotte flexy, so keep you guys flexy too. Uh, thank you for uh, for uh, th- that we have a, a pastor that's willing to uh, to uh, give us free reign, really, and allow us to grow and and really that's the heart of the Lord, right? He doesn't uh, control us, but he he allows us to to mature and and come into what he's called us to be and and uh, give us freedom. And so we're just thankful for that. It's Pastor's birthday this week, and um, I was in West Virginia. Didn't get to uh, to say happy birthday, and so I get to do it from the pulpit here. So happy birthday, Pastor. We're so blessed to have you, and uh, we're thank you, thankful for you. Okay. So uh, I've spent many many hours uh, over the last couple of weeks here um, driving and spending a lot of time in the car. Um, unfortunately, there's been a lot of issues with the, the, the work that we've done, and so we got to fix it now. And so when we do that, we have to spend a lot of hours in the car, and so um, after, you know, getting into... The problem is when you get into different cars at my job, none of my stations are saved, and I can't remember where's what and all that stuff. I lose my glasses all the time. I've lost my glasses, so I got my backups on. A little crack in the corner, <laughs> but um, um, I always listen to uh, you know either the Tiger games. I, I like to catch up just to mentally put myself in the summertime, or I I, uh, I listen to the message um, on Sirius Radio because I don't have to pay for it. My work pays for it, so it's nice. But uh, there's this one song that that kept on on playing, and it's uh, it's called uh, Fight My Battles. Actually. I not good with names of things, and I'm not good at names of people, but I believe it's called Fight My Battles, and uh, it's by Michael W. Smith, and, and it just resonated with me, um, um, and I just began to think about this, and uh, it hasn't been a, the most easiest time in my life over the last couple months. Um, you know, several things have gone in our life. Uh, we had a basement flood. Uh, a new baby, which is a blessing, but um, a lot of sleepless nights, and uh, the transition into that, um, I had, while we had the baby, I, I uh, you know, had to go to school and take uh, an intensive six-week class that you usually do in, in eight months or a whole semester, whatever a semester is, and uh, it really tried me. It really tried me. It really pushed me to the limits of, of what I, I felt I was capable of. And there was moments in, in, in that season of my life um, that I, I really felt that I was going to, to break. Um, and um, aren't you glad that the Lord kind of, he's working on us and he's developing us. Not that I, I've arrived in any sense of the matter. Charlotte will tell you that <laughs> all day long. But I know for sure that I didn't react like I used to react, right? And I'm thankful for that. And um, I wasn't perfect at every time, but I wasn't who I was a long time ago. And so I'm thankful for that. And um, I'm thankful that I can demonstrate that to my children on how to, how to deal with, with the surrounding 
um, stresses of life that come and, and it's sometimes seem so overwhelming. And so I try to be quick because uh, I made a decision to keep the kids in and I'm going to take some heat for it later. So I am going to be quick. Um, but as we, as we were preparing, you know, sometimes we, we prepare for Easter and, you know, we read about it and then Easter goes by and we, we, we kind of don't give it the same importance that it is. But I, I found it interesting as I was preparing one morning for service, Clark's challenged us uh, to wake up early and prepare. I, I've been trying to do that. Um, even uh, with the kids, um, Micah will wake me up and, it, and as soon as Micah's up, it, it's difficult to study. I'm not going to lie, but, um, but I have been trying, and I've been doing my best, and the Lord's honored that. And one morning when I woke up before Easter, preparing for Easter, um, I was reading in, in Mark, and um, uh, just the, the story of the resurrection in Mark, and I saw a bunch of stuff that I've never seen before, like the earthquake that happened when Jesus died, and, and it said that people were raised from the dead, and they went into the town talking to different people, and I, I just... It amazes me of how, what an impact that was when Christ died for us on the cross. And the work that he did, that, that the natural things in this world just exploded and they just screamed of, of the greatness of what just happened. We just had an earthquake here in Michigan, believe it or not. I, I saw that Facebook meme where it said uh, it had one garden... Uh, thing turned over it says we will re- we will rebuild and uh, my mom just texted us from Toronto and she said did you feel the earthquake I said no not at all didn't even feel anything but in that time when Jesus died it says there was an earthquake and so as I was reading through through Mark I, you know I saw this one one uh, part of the um, story where where they come to arrest um, they come to arrest Jesus right and we all know the story um, and, and it's actually in John 10, 18 is, is a better description of it. When they come to arrest uh, Jesus, it says that Peter takes up a, a, a knife, right? And he, he hurts because the kids are here. He hurts one of the soldiers, okay? And we all know what he did. And so I, I began to think about different aspects of, 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 uh, of what was going on. And in 18 it says, Jesus then commanded Peter, put your sword away, shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given to me? And I was thinking about, this was Peter's nature, right? To fight, to protect himself, self-preservation, to go and, and do something in his own strength. And so many of us, when we encounter trials or tribulations, things of testing come to us, that's how we react, the, the way the Peter react. Taking matters, I'm going to take matters into my own hand. I'm going to save the Savior. doesn't make any sense. And that's what Peter was doing. He was taking, trying to take manner, matters into his own hands. But really, Jesus rebukes him, right? And, and Jesus didn't need that. But really... We see what God is calling us to be in Revelations 12, 10 to, 10 to 11. It says, Now have come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of God. How many of us want the kingdom of God to come into our lives? We want it to be manifested here on earth. That's his purpose. Not, not when we go to heaven, but right now. And it says that, um, that the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah for the accusers of our brothers and sisters 
who accused them before our God day and night have been hurled down. It says in verse 11, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink for death, from death, right? And so you have two different, two different sides of what the Lord is asking us to do. You have Peter, who's willing to fight when God is really calling us to die. That's how we overcome. We lay down our lives. We surrender those things. We don't try to fight our own battles in our own strength, with our own muster and everything that we have. The Lord wants us to just die, to lay down those things, to surrender those things, to give them to Him. And He has a victory for us. Amen? The Lord kind of... So, the title of my message, Pastor called us last night and asked us, what's the title of your message? And I would, after thinking about it, this is how... My title is, This is How I Fight My Battles. And my first step is to lay them down. Not to be like Peter, who took up and started fighting in his own strength, but to lay them down, to die to myself, to die to my pride, thinking that I can do it, that I, I don't need anybody to save me, or I, I'm going to do this for myself, but just to give it to the Lord. Amen? So let's open our Bibles to, uh, and this is where majority of it's going to be here, is Psalms 23. I know this is something we've already heard probably a lot of times, and, and as I was looking at this 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 chapter, it says, um, it's probably, this chapter is, is, or this section of the Bible is memorized by millions of people. You have people who don't even believe in the Lord, and, and they know this verse. They know this, that I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, right? We hear it in secular songs, and this, 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 this psalm, this poetry has been, has such an impact on so many people that it's, it's quoted over and over, and, and sometimes we, we, we memorize verses, and sometimes we don't know the real meaning behind it. But this is, this is one of the psalms that has been uttered over and over in life. And what's beautiful about this psalm, it's, it's an account from David, but from his point of, of a maturity in his life, right? It wasn't when he was a shepherd, it was when he was a king. He's looking back on his life. And he's looking through everything that he's gone through. Everything that he's had to overcome or, or the things that the Lord has, has taken him through. And he's, he's making a declaration of who God is to him. And so it's, it's coming from a place of maturity. And a place that, that the Lord has brought him from. And so... Let's read it real quick um, in Psalm 23. It says, the Lord, we'll just, we'll, we'll take it a little by little. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay? So let's start there. So David, here he's talking about his, out of a place of his relationship with God. Right? God is his shepherd, and he is the sheep. Right, a place uh, that um, he was—he made this analogy of the shepherd and the sheep. So God was like the shepherd. Um, this is not the first time that this kind of comparison is made. In Isaiah forty eleven, it tells us that the Lord will feed His flock like a shepherd. 
He will gather the lambs with his arms. Micah 7.14 invites the Lord to shepherd your people with your staff as in days of old. And we all know that in John 10 and 11, 10, 11 and 10.14, Jesus clearly speaks that he is the good shepherd, right? Who, who gives his life for, the, for his sheep and who, who knows the, the sheep know his name and he knows their name, right? We all know that. So what's, what's interesting about that is it's, it's remarkable that Jesus compares himself to the shepherd, right? He says, I am the good shepherd, right? And so if we know anything about the shepherd, as I was reading about it, the shepherd was the lowliest of jobs, of all of the jobs, right? If a family had uh, sheep, the youngest son is who would probably be the shepherd because it was a job that nobody wanted to do, right? So Aiden, you would probably be the shepherd, right? CJ would be doing them good jobs, the easy jobs, and second born, Lois, uh, Miley, you're too pretty to do the, do the shepherd. But Aiden, he would be the shepherd, right? The lowliest one. The, the jobs that nobody else wants, right? The mundane. Or you just sit there and you're watching animals and you're chasing them around because these sheep are so dumb sometimes. And so you got to chase them around and, and they get into troubles and, and you're, you get to sleep on the, on the ground with, with a pillow for a rock or a rock for a pillow. And it's just, it wasn't the most ideal. It was, it was not looked upon as a great job, right? And so here we have Jesus saying, comparing himself to the lowliest of all the jobs. And David has... He, he has a uh, connection with this because David was the youngest. And he was the lowliest of the pecking order. And he was pushed out to watch the sheep. And so he has this insight, this personal connection with this. And we see Jesus that he's willing to, to be a king and low, make himself low to deal with the sheep, with the mundane the trials, the, the, the things that are not nice to do, but Jesus does it for us. And so Jehovah, our God, stoops down to take care of you and me. And David, he, he, he has this connection of a sheep and a shepherd. I found it interesting about David, right? So David, in this moment, when he writes this 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 psalm, he's a king, right? And how many of us, including myself, right, we get to a certain stature in life and people forget where they came from, right? David here, and many times in his life, he, as he became king, he forgot about the days of being a shepherd. He forgot about the days where he just sat there and pondered about God's protection and, and about his grace and he could get to that point we see where he stumbled and fall throughout his life it's because he lost that connection of the shepherd and the sheep and he was walking in his own strength but David here as a king does not does not forget about the days of the shepherd and he has he's speaking about this relationship that he has 
of his shepherd and him being the sheep. He could have said, the Lord is my king. He could have said, the Lord is my shield. He could have said, the Lord is my rock. But no, he chose, the Lord is my shepherd. Interesting how David does not forget. The, the best part of this whole, this whole first verse is the word my. It's a personal thing. It's my shepherd. It wasn't just the Lord is a shepherd, but the Lord is my shepherd. He's real. Amen. David found comfort and the security and the thought that God cared for him like a shepherd. Um, now this psalm doesn't really connect with the person that is self-sufficient. In order for us to connect with this, we have to become like the sheep, right? In order for us to really understand this, we have to have a mindset of a sheep that is self-reliant on the shepherd, that needs the shepherd. And so um, Spurgeon said that, um, that we must first feel and, and obtain the sheep nature. For, for he cannot know that God is a shepherd unless he feels in himself that he has the nature of a sheep. He must relate to the sheep's foolishness, its dependencies, and its, and its, and its nature in order to fully understand this. The second part of this, this verse here, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That want, right? The, the Hebrew word for that is, I shall not become empty. I shall not become decreased. I shall not be deprived. I shall not have lack. I shall not be made lower. I shall not want. There's two meanings here. Sometimes uh, the first one is that, that the Lord will supply all of our needs. Right? I shall not want. And the second thing is, I shall not want means I don't desire more than what the Lord has already given me, right? That's hard. That's, that's, that's a hard place to be. I can walk into my garage and say, oh man, I could really use this. I could really use this. I could really use that. I've, I've, I've asked for a lot of stuff, and I've gotten stuff, and it, it's really just more work. More things to take care of. I really wanted chickens, and I've been working a lot. I'm starting not to like chickens. No, I'm just joking. We, me and Micah love it. So we need to be thankful with what the Lord has given us, not desire more than what he already has. He'll give us what we need in the time that he decides. Verse number two, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. I found this interesting. Um... In order for a sheep to lie down, it needs four basic things, right? It cannot, it cannot fear. It will not lie, lie down if it, it's fearful. Um, it won't lie down if there's friction in the sheep, amongst the sheep. The other thing is it won't lie down if there's flies, if it's being is continuously bugged by bug flies. And then it, it won't lie down, obviously, if it's hungry. So... So the shepherd 
deals with those things in order to bring us rest. He maketh me to lie down. He, lieth, he leadeth me be, beside the still waters. Um, it's amazing how we can come to that place of rest when it's just, it's just quiet, right? And we, we finally relax. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores. How many of you guys know that this is a house of restoration? Amen. I forgot about all my pictures. Um, can, you, can you hit the uh, first one, second one? I think we're on. Jake. There's a shepherd. There's a sheep. So remember all the stuff I was telling you about the sheep. Okay. Next one, Jake. He restores state. You can say there. He restoreth my soul. Amen. This is a house of restoration. How many here have been restored? Right? Brought into a place of repentance. Right? Brings us to a place of repentance. The Hebrew word there means brings us to a place of repentance. He leads me. The shepherd was a guide. If you go to the next one. It's interesting about the sheep, right? The sheep don't need to know where the water is where the pastures are. The only thing they need to know is where their shepherd is. The shepherd leads, right? It's not the sheep who, who find the places of rest. All they have to do, if they keep their eyes on the shepherd, if they know where he is at all times, he is going to guide them to those places of rest. You know, so many times when we're in these times, we're looking, we're looking for ourselves. We're looking for that place that just... Where is this place of just where I can just relax? I need a vacation. I need a, I need a, a new microwave or whatever it is. If I only just had this, I, I, would, I would just have this peace that, that I, I would know. If I only had that, that uh, soothing teeth massager thing that, that just came out, that's going to give me rest, right? <laughs> this is preaching today. <laughs> Amen. Just joking. Um, but if we just fix our eyes on him, trust him, he will lead us to where we need to go. The next one, uh, so the other part of leading, when the Lord's leading us to restoration, to a place of repentance, he removes all the obstructions, right? The shepherd goes ahead of us and makes sure that there's a, a clear path he gets rid of all the, the obstacles that we need to overcome. And, and if we just trust Him, you know, sometimes when we do things in our own strength, we just run into walls. It seems like we're continuously running into, stumbling over our own feet, making the same mistake over and over. When we just fix our eyes on Him and trust in Him and, and do what He tells us to it and listen to His voice, He's going along the way and He's removing the things that have been keeping us from getting us to the place where He wants us to be, to the righteousness, right? His Holy Spirit, right? His Holy Spirit convicts us of all sins, the, in the New Testament it says, but it, it also says it guides us to all righteousness. He shows us the way. He, he makes the way for us. And He removes the obstacles that we need to have removed in our own lives. Amen? We need to keep our eyes on him. Why? 
to display the glory and the great in his grace not in, not for our account not so that we get a pat on the back but so the lord is glorified so that he is lifted up on high right uh, verse 4 and this is this Cameron I'm so thankful for you that dream is is the whole encompasses the whole message today that the Lord has had his hand on your life you may have felt that you were alone at many times and nobody could see the things that were going on but the Lord was watching you like a shepherd he is your good shepherd you can say that the Lord is my shepherd he cares for me he's taking care of me And so here, David speaks about this. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. You are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David uses this this phrase or this sentence to describe some kind of dark, fearful situation that he was in, an experience that he went through. And we know the story of David when Saul was chasing him for his life, right? There's many times when David's life was, was at risk, right? He went through many times where his own sons were trying to kill him. Many times. And so he, he uses this another analogy, analogy here of a valley, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So he doesn't say a mountaintop, right? He doesn't say a meadow, but he, he uses the word valley. And this valley suggests that he's, he's being surrounded. Remember your dream? You were, your words were, I was surrounded by darkness. Right? David's saying the same thing. That even though I'm in the valley, surrounded by darkness, valley of the shadow of death, hedged around. It seemed like it was David's ultimate defeat. But David recognizes something here. And it's, it's interesting. It says, Yea, though I walk through, through, Are you guys glad that the Lord walks us through things? Right? The Lord sometimes, he he has the ability to do it. I know he can. He could pluck us out. But he chooses sometimes to walk us through things. To show us who he is. So that we grow in maturity. So that we have this experience that the Lord, our shepherd, has walked us through things, through those valleys. And those valleys come over and over sometimes in our lives, and, and we, we think, Lord, how much is enough? How much? This last Friday, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been busy, busy, one of the most busiest times at work for me. And, uh, and we're going through these daily meetings, and they're just asking me, when is this fixed? When is this fixed? When is this fixed? I don't know. I don't know how to fix these things. <laughs> and I'm frustrated. And I'm saying, Lord, I just, 
Lord, I need your help. I need you to help me to walk, walk me through these things. And then um, eating lunch. And uh, my mouth feels funny. My tooth falls out. Right? And I was like, oh, great. You know, I'm going to do the half, half smile throughout, for the rest of the day. I called my sister. I need your help right now. My tooth just fell out. I need, uh, I need you to help me. And then I get a call. My mom. She's in the hospital. She's having, she needs surgery. And, it, and it's just then. And I said, Lord, it's, it's you. I can't do this. I can't do this. And so sometimes we go through these valleys where things just feel like it's just one thing after the other. Floods in our basement. And things that, you know, it's not necessarily the one thing, but the, it's the accumulation of all these things. And we're just overwhelmed surrounded by the darkness, surrounded by trials and tribulations. And this is what David's saying here, is though, and the Lord will walk us through those things. He's saying the, the shepherd, the good shepherd will walk us through those things. He'll clear the path for us. And so the other thing that we need to understand here is he says the shadow of death. Uh, Jake, can you go to the next slide for me? Um, next one. We'll come back to that one. Those who are surrounded. Boy, I need to memorize my slides better. Next one. The shadow. I don't know if you guys can see that. Right? The shadow. Sometimes we make, we look, we make the, the actual trial or the threat bigger than it really is. Right? See, is the shadow real? Everyone answer. No. Right? What? What makes the shadow is real, but the shadow itself can never harm you, right? And it's always something that we make bigger than what it is, right? This, this, this thing that, the, that is, is troubling us is really just the cat. When we make it, it looks like a lion because of the shadow. And really... The shadow has no power. It, it, it can't do anything. It's just a shadow. And so, that's what David's saying here is the Lord's walking us through these shadows. These things that really can't do us any harm. Because He's, he's walking us through these things. It's just a shadow of death. See, Jesus took the full reality of death so that we would deal with the shadows. Jesus paid the price on the cross, and He really had to go through the death. He really felt the pain. He really felt the nails, so that you and me would just have to deal with the shadows. Hear that today, okay? Let's go back one slide, Jake. One more. I like this part. I'm just going to, lost it in my notes here. So in, in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the Lord walks us through 
the shadows of death, the, the appearance of death, really. And when the Lord is with us, his presence is with us, he banishes the fear, right? We don't need to fear anymore because we know that it's just a shadow. But in this verse 4, something changes in the, in the verses, right? So in verse 1 through 3, it's he, 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 a term of the past, right? This is what the Lord did for me. He did this. He he's restores my soul. He leads me through. He's done these things for me. But in verse 4, 5, and 6, it turns into you. Right? Right now. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the presence tense now. You are doing this for me. You are with me. You were with me, but you're with me right now. How many of you guys are thankful for a God that is present right now? This is not a verse for, hey, looking back on what, what God did for me, but this is a verse for very, like right now, for a very present day, for whatever we're going through right now. Lord, you are with me. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We know what the rod and the staff is for. It, it, it speaks about protection. It speaks about guiding. And in, in his in his guidance, if if you know, it's it's those are the things that he uses to get us through the valleys. Is his rod and his staff, his rod of authority, authority over the things that we may not think that we have authority in our lives, but because of what he did on the cross, we have authority over those things. Verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. One of my favorite, favorite verses. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Without departing from the previous verse, David jumps right into this, right? He hasn't removed him from the valley. David's still in the valley, but while he's in the valley, the Lord has prepared a table before him in the presence of his enemies. In this valley where he's surrounded by whatever he's going through, his enemies, God prepares this table before him. So he sits down. It's a picture of, you can go to the next picture, Jake. Uh, There's a table picture, I think. So in the midst of the valley, the Lord prepares a table so that we can sit down and eat in confidence and in peace and in rest and have communion with Him in His presence. Amen? He's not... God isn't concerned so much about removing the the valley or the enemies around Him, but He's concerned about making sure that our needs are met. He's not... He's not saying he's removing these things in our lives. No, in the midst of this, God's concerned about preparing a table before you. While we're going through this, God is preparing a table before us. It's interesting, right? Um, When you think about men of battle, right? If the enemy, if you're at war, right? 
And there's, I'm sure that when you're fighting, you're, you probably would go days without eating, right? And if there was, ta- there was a table of food there, I'm sure the soldier would grab, grab something to eat, but at the same time, he would be looking around, making sure that the enemy isn't coming to attack. But here, the picture is that the Lord set a table up so that you can sit, so that you can, you can eat without any, any sort of urgency, but just rest and peace. And in the midst of these things, the Lord doesn't remove these things, but he gives us rest in the, middle, in the midst of it. Um, and that is the condition sometimes of God's servants. Of, of There's always conflict sometimes. We go through, the Lord is working on us. But in the midst of this, God has the spread for us. The table is, is open for us. Think about examples of this. Paul and Silas. Right when they're singing in the prison, and the the earthquake comes and it shakes the foundation of the prison, and the, it says that the door flies off, and the midst of that prison, his presence is there. He's with them. Um, Ephesians two six says he has raised us up together. Uh, you can go to the next slide, Jake. And he has made us to sit in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, I always like this this picture story that Steve Everett um, he described, and it really hit home for me. Of this verse, this promise to us that the Lord has called us to sit with Him in heavenly places. And sometimes when we're going through our trials and our tribulations or whatever we're facing, it's like the Lord is is bringing us up on an airplane, right? And when we're on Earth, what seems that if we're looking at in the middle of the city in a building that seems so great, so big, that I can't even see the top of it, that I, this problem that I'm going through, I, I don't see the end of it, or I can't see how I'm ever going to ever overcome this thing, or how I'm going to get through this, or how, Lord, why did this happen to me? It's in those times that the Lord brings us, and He sits us with Him in heavenly places, and we're, we're at this, like sitting on this airplane, looking out the window, and that same building on earth in downtown Detroit that looks so big now looks so small. Gosh, I can cover it with my thumb. There's nothing too big for him. There's nothing too great for our God. There's nothing too, too impossible for our good shepherd to be able to walk us through. Amen? continue, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Despite the dangers of the presence of the enemy, David enjoys the richness of his host's goodness. He's refreshed by God anointing his head, and his cup is overfold. says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His, his psalm has now turned into an expectation. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow. Whatever I go through, surely I know, not only did he do this in the past, you, you are with me right now, but even in the future, surely wherever I go, your goodness and your mercy is going to be with me. 
there's a change of a mindset there. There's an expectation that God's going to do it. There's a confidence. There's an assurity that God's got it. That I don't need to fear. That I don't need to worry. That I don't need to struggle. That I don't need to just just drain myself until I just make bad decisions. But I'm just going to rest in Him. I'm just going to follow the shepherd. For He's got it. So He speaks with expectation. The psalm ends with the calmest assurance that we will enjoy His presence forever. He's with us. Cameron, He's always with you. He will always be with you. He's with you. So that's how I fight my battles. We could have the worship team come up. I'd like to sing a song today. And Another way that I fight my battles is I don't fight in my own strength. Trust in the Lord. This psalm is, is so true. But it also says that when we praise him, the enemy will flee, right? It says in Psalms 22, verse 3, it says, He, he inhabits the praises of his people, right? How many of us want his presence here with us? Amen. Let's praise him today. In his presence, Psalm 1611, it says, There is fullness of joy. Amen. So today, Psalms 125, it says, verse 2, it says, Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. So I don't know what we're all going through. And I don't know what what's going on in our lives and 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 maybe we're not going through anything. And the Lord has brought us through something. Even more reason to praise, right? Even more reason to, to glorify the Lord. And so as we sing this song today, let this, let's make this a declaration, right? Maybe we, we, we've been doubting, or maybe there's been fear that's been coming into our lives, or, and we've been overwhelmed because we can get to those places whether it's sickness, whether it's, whether it's a money situation, whether it's, I know it's family, sometimes can be overwhelming, where, where Lord, I, I just need you to, to, to bring them back to you. I trust in you. Even though we don't see it, it be, can become so worrisome, and we can take on those things that just drain us. But today, as we sing this song, let's make a declaration that, Lord, you can do this. There's nothing too great for you. And in the midst of this, I'm going to praise you. My expectation is that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Lord, you have you promised me salvation for my mom and my dad and my brothers and my sisters. Lord, you're going to do it. I trust in you. Amen.
It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I find my battle. This is how I find my we trust in you. This is how I find my
shepherd
just worship you today, Father God. We lift you up, Father God, and we're thankful for all that you've done, Father God. Lord, you've made a way, Lord God, and we thank you, Father, for reminding us today, Father God, of, of the good shepherd, Father God, who came, Lord Jesus, to give his life for, this, for his sheep, Father God. Lord, you sustain us, you protect us, you care for us. You supply all our needs, Father God, and we truly can say that we lack nothing, Father God. Lord, we just rest in you today, Father God. We declare, Father God, that you, you are our strength, Father God, that you are our source of peace, Father God, that you are grace, Father God, to get us through anything that we need to get through, Father God. We just, we just lay it down for you, Father God. Help us to follow you, Father God, to trust you and, and look to you and nothing else, Father God. But give us eyes and ears for you, Father God, as a sheep, to hear your voice, to know your voice, Father God, to have communion, Father God, to dinner and supper with you, Father God, and breakfast with you every morning, Father God, that you would reveal yourself every day, Father God. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive us, Father God, for the times that we've We've gone astray and we've, we've sought a solution in other forms, Father God, whatever it may be, Lord Jesus. But we just, we thank you, Father God, that you have you've gathered us with your arms, Father God, today. And that you would continue, Father God, to hold us tight, Father God. And Lord God, that, that we would know, Father God, that we are surrounded by you, Father God. Surrounded by your blessings, surrounded by your protection and your grace and your love, Father God. We thank you for this today, and we bless your name. Just ask you to be with us, be with our families who aren't here, Father God, those who couldn't make it today, Father God. May they be blessed, Father God. May they hear your voice, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You're dismissed. Have a great week.